We are back for your early look DFS props and betting show for the MLB. I'm Jay. That's Adam. We've been crushing it throughout the entire year, man. We're getting into the dog days of the summer, leading into the playoffs. You know, make sure you check us out at winddailysports.com. Also, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. We are almost at 2,000 subscribers. Big milestone for us. We've been doing this for quite some time. Put it in the work. Make sure you subscribe. Once we hit 2,000 subscribers, we're going to pick one of our subscribers and give out a Win Daily hat and a free year of gold access, which is over $500 of membership to a lucky winner. We'll randomly select somebody as soon as we get to 2,000. But getting into the slate, I was on here yesterday with my guy Dave. We were picking home run props, but we were focusing on pitchers. And I said pretty much there's like eight or nine guys that you can go with. Most of those guys smashed. Now it's a total opposite. You know, before the show, I, I basically said, Adam, you know, this is not a great pitching slate. Luckily, though, we were on the same five guys, but we narrowed the player pool. We're talking pretty big slate. It's only got five guys that were even interested, and in some we really got to push out there. We're not really, like, loving, but they're playable. Um, we're going to go through those pitchers. And appreciate you, Jimmy. I hope you've been playing these home run props. Um, Seager hit today. That was Dave. Lindor hit a home run. I didn't pick him today. I picked him yesterday. I picked Alonzo today. Not looking so good other than that, unless he hits a late home run. Um, still got a couple guys going, so we'll see how that does. But, Adam, let's get into this pitcher, man. We got a guy named, I think his name is Justin Verlander. Super old, but probably the Cy Young winner. Like, How's this guy doing it at this age flawlessly? Yeah, I mean, I think Otani could still give him a run for the Cy Young, but, you know, Verlander's been just lights out. I've, if you've read my work through the year, I've kind of always been a little, I don't want to say light on him, but it's always kind of freaked me out when somebody's XFIP is, you know, around two runs higher than the ERA, which is the case for Verlander. So it, it does freak me out to be you know, to be that far apart, but, I mean, listen, we're in August and the guy just keeps on doing it. You know, the K rate's 25.5%. He's still getting an 11.4 swing strike rate, even though his four seam, it's down to just a 16.6% whiff rate. And he's doing it with those sliders and curves, man. He, he just, he knows where to put them. He knows how to get swings and misses. And he knows how to get guys out. And the thing that really works for him in this spot is not only does Texas have the eighth highest K rate against ready pitching, He's at his absolute best against lefties in the lineup because he has a 201 Woba, a 27.5% carry, and a 0.75 whip. Like, nice. it just makes so much sense against Texas lineup that's probably going to play five or six lefties here. Yeah, and on top of that, two games started, 13 innings pitch, one earned run, 16 Ks, averaging 30.6 DK points against them. This guy is... You know, really been crushing it um, the entire season. I think he gets to Cy Young, but like you said, Otani can sneak up on him. The other guy that maybe, I don't even know, NL, who is your Cy Young, you know, vote right now? Is it Sandy, who's also pitching? You know, his stats, 0.94 whip, 1.8 ERA, 141 Ks, you know, on the season. Is he winning it in the NL? Is there somebody that is, a you know, ahead of him at this point? What's your thoughts there? And how do you like him tomorrow? Going against a very, very hot Phillies team, man. 
Yeah, I mean, he's probably the favorite. I, I don't know if the sports books would agree with me, but in my mind, I, you know, I think he's the favorite. Um, what's really interesting is going to be where the ownership falls because there really is no punt pitcher that, like, makes a, like a ton of sense. There's options, but I don't know who's going to be chalky because people are going to want to go back to Coors Field. Obviously, the Rockies were in double-digit runs by the third inning last night against Miles Mikolas, let alone a lefty and Jose Quintana. It's a pretty good spot for him. So, you know, people are going to want to try and fit in some of those hitters. So, if, like, Sandy Alcantara is, like, half the ownership adjustment or of Verlander, you really have to consider in GPP potentially making that swap. Because Alcantara, while his K rate's not quite the same, it's only 2% lower than Verlander. He just can't through a complete game shutout. And he leads the league in innings by 13.1 innings. That's an immense amount having the same amount of starts, Aaron Nola second. He leads by almost like two full games for a normal pitcher. He just like he he's a he's a complete game threat every single time out. And if there's one thing that can cool down hot bats, it's a, a Cy Young caliber pitcher like Alcantara. Yeah, listen, you know, ownership I would feel would be down on Alcantara on a on a regular slate. On this slate, since pitching is so weak, it might still be propped up a little bit. I'm slightly worried, you know, about the Phillies. I haven't been worried about them all year long. Like, there wasn't a, a point in time the They're entire season right that, like, I was like, Philly, I'm, I'm really worried about these guys. But it's a little worried at this point. They got a couple of big bats from left-hand side. Baum and Castellanos finally starting hitting as well. This team is fighting, you know, for a playoff berth. And I'm trying to stay away of playoff teams pitching against them or teams that are fighting for playoff work. They're, they're fighting for their lives right now. So that's the only worry there. But there's also a steep, you know, a steep drop-off. No thanks to anybody else in the 10K or 9K or even 8K range for me. I'm pretty much crossing them off. And I, I will take a couple shots, not in love, but a couple shots at Noah Syndergaard against Miami, hoping that he gets to win, hoping that the Phillies stay hot. But he's probably my least favorite of the value guys because he's 7,900 on DraftKings. Madison Bumgarner at 6,900, a little bit more interesting. He pitches better at home, averages around six points better at home. Look, he can flash this K upside maybe every third game. His, you know, he, he gets out there and, and goes out and, and pitches, you know, versus his weaker teams. You know, he has two starts in July against weak offenses at home, Washington and Colorado, 32 against Washington, eight innings, nine Ks, seven innings, five Ks, 22 points versus Colorado. So if you get 20 points at 6,900, I think that's a good spot there. And I know you might not like this, Adam, but this guy, Chris Bubik, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. I hate saying his name, but, you know, at 5,500, he's gotten – you know, in his last six starts, above nine. Chicago, not really a team that I'm too worried about. If you want to stack some of these big lineups, 5,500. You get eight, you're okay. You get 10, you're fine. You get anything over 12, you're extremely happy. And I think he can get you there. So if you want to rank those guys, if you want to add somebody to the mix, you know, go right ahead, man. So I, you know, I, I kind of, I don't even want to say wrote up because it, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a Forced. lukewarm write up for these guys <laughs> because we have to have two pitchers on DK. And like I said, we want to fit some bats, 
Syndergaard, I think, is okay. I mean, it, my issue with him is it's very difficult to, like, point to something and say, okay, well, this is what Syndergaard does well. This is what we can lean on, even in a bad matchup. Like He's got good hair. Yeah, I mean. Good, good hair, maybe? He's, he's got better hair than I do. I'm not sure if that helps <laughs> him on the mound. Um, I think I might be able to hold runners better than he does. Definitely. And that's always, that's always a concern because if, if people start getting on base, they can usually advance a base pretty easily on Syndergaard, and that leads to earn runs. So I think he's fine. I don't love him at the price. I think I think Chris Bubich might be my favorite punt guy. And I, that, like, that sounds you. crazy to say, but like when you when we talk about game logs, it's not just we're looking at point here, right? Because this would be one thing if he faced teams like the Pirates and the Diamondbacks who haven't hit lefties all year. This guy walked into Yankee Stadium, into Toronto, and put up these scores. Like he's, yep. it's really been some elite offenses that he's done this against. And he's been using his changeup and his uh, uh, slider a little bit more. That be, would be a welcome change because his fastball is not that great. But the changeup only allows a 313 Woba. Like, that's that's acceptable for where he's at and his salary range. And the thing is, in those three games where he really posted good games and strong offenses, the exit was no higher than 3.84. So it's not like he got outrageously lucky. Usually, you know, I, I try and target lefty pitching with the White Sox offense because they're a lot better against that that side. But they just lost Tim Anderson for at least the next four to six weeks. They, he's been yeah. a linchpin in that lineup. They played two games on or on Tuesday, so you know you have the extra game played, and their season's kind of going down the toilet here. Like they might be in the they're in the discussion for the most disappointing team of the season if they're not the most disappointing team. I can see Bubich hitting fifteen plus DK here. Without, I don't want to say without a problem because I'll look real stupid if he goes out there and just gets hammered. But it's definitely within the realm of possibility. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, Tony Larusa sleeping was the highlight of this White Sox season in the first inning, no less. Like if you fall asleep, like in the sixth or seventh inning, you're down ten. Okay, we fall asleep in the first inning during like a playoff race, like you're trying to get in the playoffs. Something is wrong, and I said it yesterday, man. Um, and this is not a homer call here. I, you know, a lot of times, like, what's a manager do? Like, how how good can a manager be to change the, you know, sometimes think it's the players a lot, especially the pitchers, hitters, the stars. But I, I watched some of Buck Showalter's interviews after the game. This dude, like, IQ-wise is above so many out there. And at his age, he is super sharp. Like, he's quick to come back with, like, these comments and, like, intelligent comments. And the best part about it is, like, he gives guys pounds. He can relate to younger players. So, big shout out Tony to Buck, man. Doing any of that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, he's like the total opposite. Like, he's sleeping. People probably don't like him. He's old school to his own demise. And I always saw LaRusa not knowing, you know, this recent past that, like, you know, on the Cardinals, he looked like the GOAT for a little while. Like, you know, basically like a in a National League version of Joe Torre. That is, they just keep winning championships with – you know, not the best talented teams, but they went out there and did it. But let's flip the conversation. Um, stacks. You know, we'll get to our home run calls. I'm going to pick two home runs. Adam's going to pick two home runs. Well, let's start talking about these stacks. We got a couple lineups that are in good spots. You got Toronto versus Creamer. I'll say it. You got Baltimore versus Berrios. Like, Berrios is blow up potential or he can go out there and, and pitch a good game. 
He pitched a good game against Baltimore, but Baltimore, probably one of the hotter teams in baseball. I really hope they make the playoffs too, man. I really would love to see them in the playoffs. And then you got the obvious Houston versus Glen Otto, um, St. Louis versus Kyle, Kyle Freeland. And then you got, you know, I, I don't really like to target Quintana. I think he's actually still a good pitcher, kind of like a watered down lefty version way watered down lefty version of Verlander. Like he can still go out there and, and pitch to strikeouts and be effective. Um, so I don't really like Colorado as much as I do like the St. Louis side. I think St. Louis is a better overall hitting team. And then you got Atlanta again versus Pavetta, which I think Boston's pretty much dead in the water here. And Pavetta has been shaky um, in two starts against the Yankees. Hasn't been great as of late, you know, for quite some time. So he has blow-up potential at lower ownership. How do you rate the stacks? Do you have a favorite right now? Are you going back to Core's thoughts around the, the stacks or stacks so, of the night? I will definitely be going back to Core's without a doubt. And you okay. know, kind of it's odd that it kind of happens that Quintana actually just pitched in Core's last month. Pirates made their way out there and he did not fare very well. Uh five innings, seven hits, six earned. Only three strikeouts, two walks. That's definitely within the possibility. Again, the Rockies are typically better suited to face a lefty in the first place. But speaking of teams that are better suited to face a lefty, that is the Cardinals because this team is way better against a lefty. They get Kyle Freeland. I mean, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, uh, Carlson. DeYoung is only only 3,400. Yachty Molina should be back in the lineup. He's 2,100. Yeah, it's y- Yachty Molina's like... 80 years old, you know, he, he might just get you a couple singles, but 2,100 in course field for a catcher is fine. Like, I don't really care what he does. If he lets me play uh, Paul Goldschmidt, who is just as ethered lefty pitching this entire year, like you put this guy on the moon and he's going to kill lefty pitching. It doesn't matter where he's playing. We've talked about all the time. The first game is usually disappointing. The second game, not so much. They have that time to acclimate. I think Coors is a lot better looking on paper than it was yesterday. And I almost kind of hope Barrios is chalk a little bit. And I think he that might be the pitcher that the field kind of turns to because they're just going to see Baltimore. They're going to see 7,300. They're going to recognize the name of Barrios. But let me just kick out some stats for him on the road this year. It's in Baltimore. 750 ERA. The home run per nine is 2.50. His K rate drops to 15%, and his XFIP is 480 on the road. If he's chalk. You better believe I will have a Baltimore Orioles stack somewhere along the line tomorrow, without fail. Like his yeah. metrics have just been so bad. There's there's just so little to redeem him. Lowest K rate since the rookie year. Lowest swing strike rate since the rookie year. He's using his fastball more this year than he did last year. It's giving up a 452 wOBA. I don't I don't know why he's increasing usage when he can't get it by anybody. Yeah, listen, Barrios, I haven't got him right all season long. I tried playing him a couple of times here and there. Doesn't when I don't play him, he like almost pitches a no-hitter, and then when I play him, he gets shellacked. So I'm off him. I keep saying it. I hint it every show. Don't sleep on Baltimore. Like they're they're heating up and they're playing for something right now. Don't sleep on Philadelphia. They've been heating up. Obviously, I don't like Philadelphia versus Alcantara, but I think Baltimore's firmly in play. Again, I'd probably rate it. You know, I, I do have St. Louis at the top. I think Houston will bounce back, you know, against Otto. I think they're in line for some damage. Toronto, Baltimore, slight lean to Toronto over Baltimore, but I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore goes out there and does it. That's pretty much where I got the stacks rated right now. 
Uh, just quick update. Like I said, we're going to push for 2,000 subscribers, so make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. And also check out our season-long rankings and our home run model up on windailysports.com. If you've been watching the streams, we give it all out for free, so we have a special promo coming up right now. Use promo code STIX22, and you'll get a free month to use our home run model, our projection models. Hop in our expert chat, read Adam's article, check out all the content at windailysports.com for free. All you got to use is promo code STIX22. Season-long rankings are up. Adam, I think we're both going to go to chorus. I'll be the nice guy, and I'll let you pick first. Home run, who do you got for tomorrow? Give me one, then let me get a pick, and then I'll give you the second pick. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to take the first pick, I'm going to be chalking. I don't really care. It's, it's Paul Goldschmidt. Lefty, chorus field, done deal. The, the guy has like a 500 ISO against that side of the, the, the mound this year. Kyle Freeland's nothing that's going to scare me. Yeah, I don't know what – I should do here because I go Lindor and he doesn't home run, gets robbed. Then he hits a home run the next day. So I try to double down on Alonzo. He didn't home run. Um, I bet I took Goldie on Tuesday. So it's pretty much guarantee that he's going to home run today, you know, on Wednesday being that I don't have him. So I will kind of want to stay in this game. Let's give it under the radar. As long as he starts, which he's been starting pretty much, uh, every day. Let's go with Paul DeJong. I don't know. Something tells me he can hit a home run. Look, same game, last 10 games, three home run. He's kind of like a home run or a K guy turning into like the righty version of Joey Gallo here. So give me some Paul DeJong for my second pick. I'm going to try to come off the chalk a little bit, see if I can break my 0 for 2 curse um, for the last two days. So who's your second pick, though? So I, I really do like Matt Olson against Pavetta. But, I mean, nice you, can, you, can, you can obviously play them together, you know, if you're just betting. But you can't play them together if you're using DFS unless you're on FanDuel. So I'll give kind of a bonus, and I'll go with Dalton Varshow from Arizona. Past 10 games, 324, uh, an OPS over 1,000, three home runs. He's going to get another one against Mitch Keller tomorrow. Yeah, let's go back. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you've been probably watching this team a little bit more than me. How do you feel about Jordan Alvarez? Like, I know he came off the injury list. You know, he's been struggling a little bit more as of late. Do you think he's out there slightly hurt? Because this guy was on fire basically to the all-star break. Then, you know, battling some injuries. What's your thoughts on Alvarez before I make my final pick? I mean, I think part of it is just he was so white hot. He had to come down at least a little bit. He had probably the best first half of his career, you know, without – not knowing all the numbers for, from his entire career, but I would have to go out on a limb and say it was pretty close. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, like with Glenn Otto, even if he's a little bit banged up, I mean, it, it might not matter. All right, so let's go with your Don Alvarez, man. The guy was beasting all year long. So I'm going to go with Alvarez. Any hot takes for tomorrow? I know you, you mentioned stacking against Barrios. Um, DeJong is cheap at 3400 Make sure Molina is in the lineup. If he's in the lineup in Coors Field, like you said, 2,100, you really can't do too much harm and be getting some guy who's starting in Coors Field. Um, any other hot takes of where you're looking? Just going to point it out before I pass the torch back to you. If you do go Verlander and Bubik, which I think potentially could be chalky, but I'm not really sure what ownership will be on Chris Bubik. You can hop in our expert chat or check our line of optimizer to, to get ownership on him. But if you do do that, you have an average of 4,200. 
for the rest of your lineup. And if you do go with a guy like Molina or any guy who's in that 2,000, range, you're up to 4,500 for the rest of your lineup. So that's a good way to build. You can pretty much stack any team that you would like. So, you know, mixing and matching different stacks with that Verlander-Bubik combination with a 2K guy like Molina, you can go with all the stacks that we mentioned in different variations. You have an average of 4,500. You can definitely make a four-man or five-man stack and go with some value one-offs with that stack pretty easily if you go that route at pitching. But what's your hot take for tomorrow? It doesn't have to be like a super wild car. What do you think is one of the better combo stacks, whatever you want to go to? I'll go – jeez. Um, I'll go with Alcantara's in the winning lineup and not Verlander. Ooh. Ooh. That is kind of sneaky, man. I don't know about that one. It's kind of worrisome, but that's a good call. That is a hot take. My hot take is – let's see. I made up the question, and now I'm stumped myself. <laughs> you ruined it for yourself. Yeah, I say Bubik goes – for, I don't know if it's that much of a hot take, but I say he goes for 18 plus against Chicago tomorrow at 5,500, crushing value, opening up everything on the slate to go get Coors Field or whatever top stack you want. Make sure you go to windailysports.com. Like I said, our MLB home run model is up. So if you like betting props like our guy Jimmy, check out the home run model that we post every single day. It's all based on the numbers, it's not any kind of home bias or favoritism to any player. We got our projection modeled up there that goes out there. Adam gives his core in our expert chat every single day. We got a prize picks video that goes out every day by Jared. Our golf show just kicked off on Tuesday night as well. So if you're playing golf and betting golf, you definitely want to check out that show as well. And then Jared writes an article every day as well. So, and don't forget this thing called football is right around the corner. So if you want season long rankings, we have half point, Full point and standard league rankings up at windailysports.com. And we have notes on a lot of players of why we have them higher than the industry. We rate everybody against their ADPs and we go out on a limb. And our guy, Nick Brettwish, not only like, you know, puts his balls in, in the court and plays along, but he'll put something out. I see a lot of players 50 spots higher than their ADP. So he goes out on a limb. He's got guys that he likes. He got guys that. He doesn't like this how he drafts, and he, he's been doing pretty well at Fantasy. And, Adam, I appreciate you, man, for texting me every day <laughs> to tell me I'm up an underdog. You. <laughs> you saved me again today. I was down to, like, you You texted me at, like, four hours. I missed that text on Discord. And then you got me with, like, 20, 20 minutes left. I was like, I thought I already missed it by that point because you said you're up when it was four hours. I'm like, oh, damn, I missed again. Who did I draft? But I beat the clock by 20 minutes. and. Went with some picks, man. How's your team looking before I let you go? Are you, are you happy with your best ball team over an underdog right now? Actually, I, I just went on to the clock. So we're in round we're in round eight. I'm at the uh the 94th overall pick. And right now I went Justin Jefferson. I picked out of the three slot. So I went Jefferson, Kamara, coming back around, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, and then I have my San Francisco stack with Trey Lance, uh, Ayuk, and George Kittle. So I'm pretty happy, but as I'm as I'm working right now, I need a back. And I'm pretty annoyed because Kareem Hunt literally went one pick ahead of me, which I had my eyes on. So Yeah, I don't I'm know if he gets to, traded. Uh, kind of like I mean, my team. If he gets traded, he gets 
probably number one duties. If he doesn't, he's going to split with Nick Chubb and still be a very productive back. For He's going as like the running back, like 32 on underdog. It's, it's way too low. Play yeah, I got Saquon Barkley um, with the 13th pick. Devontae Adams, I got the last pick in the draft. Devontae at 12, Barkley at 13. Then I went James Conner at 37, uh, Michael Pittman at 36. Then I come back around and get Juju and Michael Thomas. And then I got MVS and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So I got three guys. I, I figured, you know, one of these guys on KC would probably do something. So why not get them all? Some of them has to score a touchdown. And I'm really high on Saquon Barkley, man. I, I think this is the year he bounces back. God willing, he stays healthy. He should be in line for, for a big here. And I saw him in camp today. He truck sticks somebody. So I hope he keeps that for like week eight. He's I like mean, doing stuff like that to, in week eight. But <laughs> you have to love Dable talking really big about getting him into space. Like that's the kind of running back he is. Like just yeah. feeding him, you know, inside handoffs to go up the middle. It's just not his game. It's not where he's going to excel. Yeah, he's going to pop on off every now and again, but one thing I'll never like he wants to be outside and and get him get him on you know away from people. One thing I'll never understand, and NFL coaches are a lot smarter than me when it comes to scheming people open. But one thing I'll never understand is you got a guy like Saquon or you got a guy like Kamar or any good pass catching back. Why don't they draw up more plays for them just to get like you know a screen pass or they, they throw real routes to these guys, like one out of every hundred plays, but like screen passes or they, I don't think any linebacker can really stay with a guy like Saquon coming out of the back. We see McCaffrey get it, but like all these other guys don't get those touches. Meanwhile, they're, they're guys like Dalvin Cook and Barkley who are small trying to run up the gut on some guy who weighs 350 pounds. Like you're willing to run them through 350 when your offensive line is pretty much trash but you're unwilling to just call screen passes for him like once or twice a drive. It's just mind-boggling well, listen, to me. It's it's tough to get that in the playbook when you're running surrender plays from inside the 10-yard uh, line. Yeah, man. Problems <laughs> all around, man. Problems all around. But we're excited about NFL. Make sure you check out all the content at WindailySports.com. We'll be back tomorrow breaking it down. I won't be here. I actually bought tickets to go see Bill Burr. Uh, on Wednesday night. So I'm going to go check that out. Tony will be filling in for me tomorrow, and I'll be back on Thursday. Adam, I'm sure you'll be back around either tomorrow or Thursday doing your thing. Good luck, everybody. We are out of here, and we'll be back tomorrow.